Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Future is Bilingual podcast. I'm very excited to bring you this interview. I know it's been months uh, between the last one and this one, and I do apologize for that little hiatus. Today's interviewee is Yoshito, who was on the podcast last April, and you can hear all about his journey becoming multilingual, uh, how he's raising his children to be multilingual, and his profession as a, a language teacher. That's in the first episode, which is episode 35. Today, he and I are going to focus more on his new book. He's written two books. The first one was for multilingual parents, and the second book he decided to dedicate to children. So mostly uh, like the 8 to 12 range, but he'll explain more about that. This book is the most unique thing I've ever heard. He's going to talk about where the motivation came from, how he's made uh, like the design of it, how it's written, and how it allows children to actually write in it. So I'll let him explain all of that and enjoy the episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Future is Bilingual podcast. My name is Heather, and my guest today is... Yoshito. Yay! Uh, <laughs> and Yoshito's you been on... Yes, Yoshito has been on. So if you had listened to episode 35, which came out in April 2021, you may already know Yoshito. But in case you don't, we're going to reintroduce him so that you don't have to go back. But I do highly suggest going back so you get a little bit more into his personal journey. But please tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, so I'm half French, half Japanese. I grew up in France. Uh, and... Right now, I'm a teacher, so I teach foreign languages, French and Spanish in a secondary school in, in London, in England. Uh, and I also have a company called Library for Multilinguals, where I try to create resources, so especially books, uh, to help multilingual children. Um, when did you create that company officially? When did just, it launch? I think a couple of months before we had the interview, so I think it was in February... Mm-hmm. no it was a bit earlier than that i can't remember it so was about that yeah early probably... 2021 maybe late 2020 yeah okay yeah 20 beginning of 2021 yeah mm-hmm. and how is it going so far i'm curious to know since we're has it's been a while since we've chatted about everything so it's going okay it's still like uh my day job so being a teacher is taking quite a lot of time so it's <laughs> difficult to check on everything but yes I think our listeners can understand that (laughs) having a job and then passions and then kids and then yeah we're all everybody has their 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 uh things they juggle right we're all juggling something but it's great that's so so wonderful and I hope that it continues to get you know more and more of your time so that there's more things being produced but tell us maybe so far what have you uh what have you done with this company like what's been published Uh, so I published my first book, which is uh, The Parents' Guide to Raising Multilateral Children. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we talked about it in the previous interview. Yep. Um, I have created uh, resources packs that go with the book uh, in different languages. So mm-hmm. that's uh, because in the book, I explain like in details how we can make reading and writing the home language uh, more fun. Yep. And there are some like some material to create uh and so i explained how to create it what to create etc but i know that some people don't really want to bother with creating things they want to have everything ready (laughs) most people all people i think nobody has time or you know nobody has the 
maybe wherewithal to even think of that. So having those materials and those resources already created is wonderful. Even as a teacher, I'm like creating materials for my classes, but I still don't want to take the time necessarily to do extra oh. stuff, right? For your kids. Like, I think that's, it's wonderful. <laughs> I Yeah, I totally understand. Because right? as a teacher, that's what I prefer, creating resources. Oh, no, I like creating for my uh, classes because I'm paid for that. Yeah. I don't want to create, yeah. you know, I don't want to come home from creating all day and have to create now for my kids. Like, I just want to yeah, come home and relax, yeah. right? German, Italian. Yeah. Wow. That's awesome. I, I lost count, but there's a lot. Okay. So hopefully people listening can find maybe their home languages added in there. Also, uh, people were helping you, right? So if someone says, oh, I wish my home language was added, they could work with you and create that resource yeah. back. So yeah, if there that's... are creative people out there that want to help, right? That's how the Italian resources pack was mm -hmm. born, right? Uh, so it's not exactly that person who wanted it, but she was also interested for later on when her child would be able to read and write. Wonderful. Uh, yeah. So she did it in advance. She had a smaller yeah. child. Oh, that's so great. And she's helping so many others by, by working with you. So yeah, that's wonderful. So that's for the first book. Now, what else has come out or is coming out? So... Now I'm working on another book, uh, which, and this time it's for the children. So the first one was for parents. Oh, this yes. time it's for children. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a graphic novel. Um, it's a graphic novel for multilingual children. And I say for multilingual children because Hero is a multilingual child. Uh, and I also tackle a few myths in the, the book. So mm. the main one is the fact that Generally, people think that if a child is bilingual, they need to speak perfectly both languages. Right. Uh, and that can mm -hmm. put a lot of pressure on the child and the parents as well. No kidding. So... <laughs> Say that again. Yeah, right. It's like the a heroes... bilingual child is not perfect in both of their languages. Nobody's yeah. per... Actually, nobody's perfect in any of their languages. Yeah. I mean, even now, in even our strongest language, we're still yep. learning new words, etc. We somehow have these high standards that you must be able to translate any word I give you. You must be able to say every single phrase, yeah. you know, and it doesn't work like that because things don't always yeah. translate. There's not always a perfect equivalent. So yeah, exactly. It's yeah. a lot. Yeah. That's great. So yeah. how, I mean, how do you address that? Like things happen to this so, main character and then. Yeah. So the main character is a girl called Anna and she grew up bilingual. So speaking two languages. Uh, but as she grew up, she started speaking less and less her dad's language. Mm -hmm. And she she uh, started to be less able to speak it. So yeah. she would still understand a few things, but not really speak it, which means that she started to, to distance herself from her family. Yeah. Uh, and that's where we meet her in the book. So she's 14 years old uh -huh. and she doesn't really understand her family. So she isolates herself when she's spending her holidays with her dad's family. I see. And during that summer, uh, she travels back in time uh, mysteriously. Oh, this and is cool. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> when she arrives, so she meets her grandpa when he was eight years old. Uh, and I'm not going to talk about all the things. Yeah, but don't then... give us any spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> But they are going to go on an adventure to save the uh so the grandpa's grandma, so the great great grandma mm -hmm. of the hero who is dying and they need to get something to save her. And so it's 
there is a whole adventure uh, to make it like a fun story for the reader okay. and not to be like, okay, being bilingual is this and that. I wanted to make it fun. And behind all that, there is like uh, what it is to be bilingual. Mm -hmm. And also the, the other part of the book, I wanted the book to be really personalizable. Uh, so it's written in English. So it's for people living in English speaking country. Mm -hmm. uh, or who speak English. English. Right. Yeah. And but who have another home language. Mm -hmm. uh, and so in the in the book, so the main character, Anna, uh, only understands English. So when people speak English, she understands. When they speak the other language, uh, she doesn't really understand. She understands a few words, like when we're losing a language, we can still yeah. know how to say hello, thank you, etc. But really then, common everyday expressions probably are still there. Common words. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so I did this first so it can be personalized so that if, for example, uh, my son is reading with me, he can read it. Uh, he can read it in French. So say in French what the people would be saying. Uh -huh. uh, or, or if it's with my wife, it would be in Korean. But also I wanted the, the child to be able to write and to give a genuine need uh, to write in the home language mm -hmm. so and that's because that came <laughs> because my son is the most difficult child to motivate <laughs> and see this is so, making lemonade out of lemons though you were given yeah. a child who was resisting right and so you've had to become very creative and you had to become very creative and innovative on how to motivate this child because he's pushing back like children, you know, are prone to do. But look, now from yeah. that struggle, you're able to create something that will help other parents, whether yeah. your child pushes back or not. I have a, just a technical question. So you're saying yeah. the father's language, but it's like it's not specified in the book so that people no. can people can just choose to say it's this language, it's that language yeah. based on their yeah. own. Okay. Okay. And even if the book is in English, you know, people could, and maybe English is their home language they're living in some China or something, you know, they could still just play with it and say, well, how do we say this in this language? Yeah. Right. But These I get the idea. Okay. Additional versions are going to be added later on. I had yeah. quite a lot of demand for Dutch. So I'm going to create a Dutch version as well for people speaking. All in uh, Dutch. Yeah. So instead of English being the, the main language, it's right. going to be Dutch. And they would be able to add their home language. So it could be Spanish or Chinese. Or... Right, right. So it's going to be the same, but with Dutch. Instead so of you have English. someone you're working with to create a Dutch uh, version. <laughs> or you, you're spoken. No, so have not, you learned Dutch yet. since we... Okay. No, 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 I don't speak Dutch. Okay. But I'm going to be working with someone and but I'm waiting to see if the... So I'm going to finance this through the Kickstarter campaign. Right. Uh, so if it's successful, ah. uh, it's going to be the next step. That makes sense. And so you got to do the English one first, publish it, be successful with the Kickstarter. Maybe explain what, what yeah. do you mean? What's a Kickstarter for those who don't so know? Kickstarter campaign is a crowd, crowdfunding platform. So it's a way for creators to who have an idea but don't have the finance to see, create something and to explain to the to a wider audience mm -hmm. uh, what they want to do. And if they... And there are also rewards, so to to say thank you for believing in this project, etc. Right. Uh, and they can pledge for different rewards they want. And yep. if we reach the the goal, mm -hmm. uh, they can 
they can get the book. Uh, oh, that's wonderful. Can, mm -hmm. uh, so the book can be created, etc. Mm -hmm. So it's a all or nothing model, which means uh. that if, for example, we uh, we reach the goal, uh, I I get the money to finish the illustrations, publishing, okay. etc. So the, uh, the if... funds are based on what you need. Like you can't just pick a random yeah. sum. You have to pick the sum based on, you've already done calculations of how much it'll yeah. cost to produce and okay, and print yeah. and ship and okay. Wow. And, but if, for example, we don't reach it, people don't lose their money. It just stays on their bank account. They I just see. pay on the day it says it's successful. I see, I see, I see. So that's yeah. So it's a win. It's a win-win. People aren't going to lose money. Yeah. And you know, also funding an idea in case it doesn't go through. But if everybody does pledge enough, then it goes through, and you get what you what you ordered, so to speak. Yeah. Wonderful. But it's a little bit scary, scary for you to have to be like, "Come on, guys! Scary. Yeah. <laughs> we we just need a hundred or a thousand or you know whatever <laughs> more money it's, we're waiting on." That's yes, quite a lot. Yeah, and. But so so creators and I have so myself included. Of course, we create a lot of rewards. Uh, to so first to to thank people, but also for them to see. Okay, if I buy now, I'm going to get this and this and this. An and this incentive more than yeah yeah incentivize people to to do it now. Don't wait. <laughs> yeah, mm -hmm. so I have great. quite a few rewards planned. Uh, one of them that's going to be for the early birds. So just available for the first two days. Ooh. It's going to be a, a little booklet that explains how to turn bi the bilingual abilities that our uh -huh. children have into uh, a superpower. Uh -huh. So we often hear that being bilingual is uh, like a superpower, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but we don't really give them the tools to become superheroes. So this booklet yeah. is going to be, it's a small booklet of eight pages, mm -hmm. but it's going to be giving some activities and ways for children to understand uh, that actually, yeah, they can do amazing things by being bilingual, growing up mm -hmm. between two cultures, two mm -hmm. languages or more. Uh, yeah. And there is this uh, one that might be appealing as well. Uh, it's going to be, so there are only five uh places mm -hmm. but it's to be illustrated in the book as part of the uh, a scene of the book mm -hmm. um, so if for example you want to be part of the book uh, you pledge it and oh, wow. my illustrator is going to be using your picture to draw you in in, oh, the, in the story like as a another person of another character who's doing something yeah <laughs> so wow. it's going to be like the the extras on a, in a film so mm -hmm. it's people in the background, yep, etc. Yep, but yep. you'd that's be able so to cool. recognize yourself. <laughs> wow, that's a really cool idea. I didn't even I would not have thought of that even being a possibility. <laughs> so that's really, really cool. So I just curiosity, like how long between having an idea, and maybe for you could speak to both books, like having an idea to getting a book published. Like what's that process like? So it Took first, it took a lot more time than I, I anticipated because mm -hmm. it's <laughs> the first time I, I'm working on a graphic novel and I can't draw, so I had to hire an illustrator. Right. But first, uh, so it's uh, it started in August 2021. Mm -hmm. uh, so when I was on holidays, so it was just after I was trying to work on some 
like trying to get my son to write and by motivating him, etc. Mm -hmm. And I found that actually he likes these um wordless books where they're just pictures mm -hmm. and so to to invent the dialogues of what people are saying yeah. and i thought okay maybe that could be a good thing to motivate him to write it i thought it could be a good idea to to create a book where he could uh, write the dialogues mm -hmm. uh, and because i wanted not to be just uh like an empty book with speech, but once I wanted it to be more meaningful than that, right. I added the multilingual aspect. Mm -hmm. So with a multilingual hero and the barriers of the lang languages and mm -hmm. all these things around. Uh, but the, the main idea was how can I get my son to want to write in uh, his home languages? Mm -hmm. And so then we went on holidays camping with no internet or anything oh, with a beautiful nice. landscape and mm -hmm. I, I started having some ideas when I was driving to get there mm -hmm. uh, and the first draft was done is probably three days that's it uh, yeah but that's the wow. first draft but then after that it took a lot of time to improve the story because I found that the story was okay but not that engaging it mm -hmm. was a bit dry uh, so I tried to to change a few things uh, and also I read some books on how to write a, a great story uh -huh. um, specifically so how this, to write a story for children or just how to write a great engaging to, story yeah how to create an engaging story mm -hmm. um, also yeah, so, I'm going to interrupt yeah. you with lots of questions before I forget them you said the main character like the the uh, principal person is 14 but what's the age range just in case parents are listening and they're uh, yeah. wondering so like who is who the, is your aimed at your audience your target audience so the target audience so i, I think the story would appear to children aged 8 to 12 um and the, the idea audience would be if you have a child so it would be for a child who is learning to write read and write or who hasn't even started but who's going to start mm -hmm. it could be a bit earlier right but i would say if it's more than 12 maybe the story is not going to be that appealing or maybe a bit too simplistic mm -hmm. um but maybe the challenge of writing could be appealing for them right depending uh, on their level but i would say the ideal audience would be 8 to 12 who is on the journey to to become multiliterate? And so is, is being it, able to read it? Yeah. Is it readable without the whole writing in aspect? Like, could you just have the child say what would yeah. they what they would so, write, and you know, start with a younger kid who's four or five who could just tell you, and then when yeah. they get to eight, you could start having them write. So I think four or five would be a bit early because, okay. uh, so. Uh, as I said, those speech bubbles that are empty. So when people speak the home language, mm -hmm. the speech bubble is empty and there are a few words around. Like when we listen to a language we don't understand well, we can pick up a few words in the sentence. Yep. And using the situation, facial expressions of the of the people, uh, gestures, etc., we try to make sense of what they're saying. Yep. And I think a child who is four or five wouldn't be able to do that. They don't have so, that knowledge. Yeah. That. Yeah, skill. they would need to be a bit older mm -hmm. um, to be able to start doing that. But mm -hmm. as I said before, the idea came from the fact that with my son, we're looking at a, a wordless book 
-hmm. and he was inventing the the dialogues of what people would be saying mm -hmm. so it's in the same way um that people would be or the children would be able to just say mm -hmm. what the the characters are saying and if they want to have uh several goals so for example they can just read it at first with their right. parents uh, so the parents could be reading one language, the child the other language, uh, and then when they think, okay, that's that's a good way to say it, or I don't want to, I don't want to forget that uh, this punchline, and they, then they could write it. Right. So they don't even need to write everything at once. It could right. be bit by bit. Mm -hmm. As uh, it goes. Yeah, people right. can adapt according to what their child is uh, want, wants to do. Mm -hmm. But also parents who maybe have younger kids like myself, we could buy the book and just, you know, save it for later for them to write in. So yeah, for the Kickstart, right? Because we want to support the campaign. We don't want the, you know, because I don't know what age people's children are, if they're older, if they're younger, but still you can get the book and save it, right? Your kids will eventually be at that <laughs> age where they're writing sooner than you might realize, right? <laughs> they suddenly just get interested and they start practicing and that's where I yeah. am. At least and my son that, in kindergarten, he's starting. <laughs> yeah, sometimes this, it can be a small thing that interests them and then they get mm -hmm. into it and they start writing or wanting to read, etc. So yeah, that, that could be one of the things that can help them on the, on the way. I have a question about why is writing so important? So, and like, why did you choose this format? I know it was, you know, your son didn't you wanted to motivate your son who was reluctant to be writing, but like why in general, you know, as a foreign language teacher, as someone who speaks multiple languages, like what, what is the difference with someone who can write versus, you know, a child who like, why do we want this for our kids? Why, why do they need it? If most of the day I am just speaking, you know, I'm not, I rarely write the home language. I maybe make a grocery list, but like, it's, you know, why, why is it important though for kids? Because obviously it is, right? I'm not saying yeah. it's not. I'm just saying it's not an activity we engage in, maybe. So yeah, much. yeah. So I'm just playing devil's we, advocate. So for me, it's not just reading. Uh, it's not just writing. It's reading and writing. True. Uh, because when we can read and write in a language, we can. We are more independent. We can go, go and get some information mm. we want, etc. Or they can have more fun like for children i know for example i i loved comic book and mm -hmm. a cartoon Manga. called doraemon yeah uh -huh. in japanese mm -hmm. uh, and that's what helped me read and another one called detective conan mm -hmm. uh, so these are the things that helped me read and right. also with these i was exposed to different things than my daily life very so true. by <laughs> reading detective conan i i learned a lot of words to do with crime murders and i'm very glad that... that was not part of your daily life growing yeah. up but yeah like adventure yeah things that are kind of exciting right so yeah. crime so for example helps us, and it helps us expand our vocabulary as well very true um, so that's why i think reading is important the mm. writing i think settles things uh because we need to be more detailed so we learn to be to to produce as well Mm -hmm. um and the reason i wanted my book to help children to want to write as well is because reading we can basically find it's like it's easier to find a book that a, a resource mm -hmm. that helps them want to read mm -hmm. so we just need to find a fun book etc just it's sometimes difficult but it's easier than finding 
reasons or opportunities for them to write in a fun world because they want to yeah. they could want to write some of those messages to the family mm -hmm. but it doesn't last too long like small messages or yeah. especially oh. that although your book has children, lots of ideas to be creative and make a game out of it yeah like that first book has some and your instagram and things we'll put all of the the links into the show notes so you can check out some of the previous posts and yeah but there's there's lots of i i feel like you're very creative <laughs> when you've thought of different ways and and having a non-latin script it does add a challenge right we're talking about children yeah. who speak maybe english right as the dominant language and it's an added challenge we already have the problem of english uh, english being a lingua franca so there's like a even more lack yeah. of motivation because they think everybody speaks English. You know, why, why do I need to learn this other language? Um, and specifically, so I'm just wondering, do you know of any other resources that are targeting writing? Because like you said, any book that they're going to read, they're going to get that practice. But like, I've, ne I've never thought about a book where you're asked to write inside of it, right? You're like, you're really, it, it seems very specific. Did you come across in research any other resources uh for not in this format where it's a fictional story and mm -hmm. children are, are actually involved in creating the story, so creating the dialogues. Yeah. I haven't come across anything like that. Mm. Uh, something that could be similar would be maybe, I guess, uh, so either, no, even that, um i don't so know. it's yeah it, that's such a yeah it's a unique idea i just feel like it's so it's wonderful because it's not a, a homework type resource like you know those french yeah. like, summer packets where you're those books that are made for like keeping your brain active in the summer like yeah. it's not like a it doesn't have that homeworky feel like it's a, it's a fun yeah. engaging book it's i comic really book wanted style. to yeah i really wanted to keep it far away from anything that could look like work yeah good. um so even when parents uh so if if uh, people buy it mm -hmm. i don't want them to sit down at the desk and tell their, chin, their, chin, their child okay you need to complete this and that it needs to be more fun yeah um, so as i said before they can just read and just say what the people could be saying mm -hmm. and if they want to remember oh yeah that was a nice punchline they yeah. can include it if there, there is a child who wants to write more because there are more they, mm -hmm. they want to a trace of everything or they just want to write that's yeah. great uh, but I wouldn't use it to force a child to write good point uh, yeah so it needs to to stay fun it's it was mm -hmm. created with this intent yes that, that's um, a very important note and I think children of that age they're just they're so children are so creative you know you give them some very small like you set them on the right path and they will be super creative they can think of all sorts of things they say things we would never think of and i just think it's it's such a great opportunity for them to to use that like it's not all just given you have to fill in the blanks you have to think of what that is and for kids who are growing up with two languages you know anyone learning another language though especially we've all felt that way you understand some words and you can <laughs> you're trying to catch the gist like what are they talking about you're watching the body language and i think that's just really great I wanted to add as well. So it's not just the speech bubbles that are empty, but all the onomatopoeia. Uh, I don't know how you pronounce onomatopoeia. I think so. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> I all should the know. onomatopoeia or the, the the sounds basically in the book uh, are not written. They're just 
there is a little symbol oh. and with an indication. So when a, a character who speaks the, the home language, for example, bangs on, on the door, it would be written in the home language. So, oh, that's so funny. Okay, so the child could write it in the home language. Yeah. So for example, and, we say talk, 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 talk. It's yeah, like the knocking. Yeah. Oh, no, the, sorry. French first, is talk, talk. In, in Polish, it's puk, puk. I confused ah, them. Puk, puk. Yeah, so English it, is knock, knock. Knock, knock. Yeah, talk, talk. Okay. So the home language, so, you could put yeah. the home language there. That's so and funny. And that's, I wanted to leave this blank first because it's uh, very cultural. So in each country, it's a bit different. <laughs> So yeah. it can be fun to think, okay, oh, you say, is it tuk-tuk or puk-puk? Yeah, so, so yeah, what would this person Polish say? Is, yeah, so, uh, so I wanted to leave that fun in for parents and children to discuss. Mm -hmm. uh, but also because when when those sounds written, generally it's a nice font with like, if it's right. a, next, a, a bomb exploding, like the, the, the letters show that it's, it's exploding, right. etc. Uh, so I wanted to keep that artistic, touch or to give that artistic to the child yeah to the child because they know what a comic book looks like they know what on the tv things look like the way that they was those things would be written they could make it more creative and draw and add is that what you're saying yeah mm, yeah that's awesome and so it's in i think it was a nice way to get into the home language as well the, the culture yeah. and it's also things that i think simple things that we remember really easily from another language <laughs> when we learn True. the language, for example. True. Uh, yeah. And another part that they can personalize, I say it's more to do with the family and uh, the culture. There are parts of the, of the images sometimes that are uh, erased. Uh -huh. uh, and so, for example, uh, right at the beginning of the book, there is a, a shelf in the, in the grandparents' uh, house. Mm -hmm. And there is one of the shelves that's uh, like erased. Mm -hmm. It's for the child to complete with what the kind of objects their parents leave on on the shelves at home. So wow. it's a discussion as well with with how it is in their grandparents' house and what kind of yeah, things so you're seeing. It's visual too. It's not just the written. Wow. Yeah. You really thought a lot about this. I'm I'm so impressed. Just like the yeah. the levels of depth that you've thought through of how to make it fun, how to make it interactive. I think. It's so important. And I think as teachers, you know, we're we're in that vein now of people need to be yeah. active in class. It's not just a passive listening, listening to yeah. the teacher. So it's the same idea. You know, you're using that same idea of, you know, activate, yeah. you know, actually having people produce is so important. It's not just receptive, receptive. So that brings me to the receptive bilingual. Can you explain yeah. a little bit what does it mean to be a receptive bilingual? So it's a... Uh... A, by, a, a child or a person mm -hmm. who understands a language but is not able to speak it uh, or can speak a bit but not really well. So they could say a few things like, hello, thank you, etc. Yep. But if they need to make a sentence, it wouldn't be, for example, grammatically correct uh, or they would find it quite hard to, to say a, a sentence properly. Mm -hmm. uh, and of course, there's levels. There's people that can say a few and then they run out. Or yeah, people, yeah, and some who, yeah. Okay. And and also so, writing, they maybe they can write a little, but not a lot. Maybe they can't write at all, depending on yeah. scripts and things. Yeah. So is that? I mean, that's one target audience, I would say, for your book is those kids who might feel like, oh yeah, that's me. You know, I kind of understand, but I. So that's part of the audience. So it would go from the people who are at that stage 
and it would be like an introduction to the to the home language because I try to keep the the part where people speak in the home language uh, much smaller than the parts right. written the in the country's language. So it would be an easy introduction for mm -hmm. for children who don't really speak it yet. So these children could be just saying things with their parents instead of writing, or maybe the parents could be right. writing. Um, and and then it could also be children who are fluent mm -hmm. uh, in the language. So the, and also in emotionally for the children who can't really speak, mm -hmm. uh, they would see that this girl who is in this book is considered bilingual, even if she doesn't speak really well. But just, also the, the yeah. children who can speak really well and just need to to write, mm -hmm. uh, they would be feeling, even if, for example, they, they feel, oh, I, I write so much less in my home language than I can in English, mm -hmm. uh, they would be able to feel that actually they can write quite a lot. So yeah. it's, I try to, to present a hero like that who would make the reader feel empowered of mm -hmm. how they are themselves. And I, yeah, it touches on this very closed idea of what a bilingual is. Like society is like a bilingual person is, you know, regardless of age, they need to be perfect in both their languages. If they're four, they need to speak equally well English in their home language. And no, that, yeah. I mean, none of us are finished <laughs> learning anything <laughs> at any yeah. point, right? So you're bilingual if you can just understand. You're bilingual if you speak fluently. You're bilingual if you read, write, speak, you know, it, it all the skills. And even, yeah. you know, like even if it's very limited skills, you're still bilingual because you're still growing up with those two languages. So I think it's so important to touch on that, that we need to broaden our acceptance of what a bilingual is. Because um, I've, I've met people that are receptive bilinguals, but they don't consider themselves like, well, I'm not bilingual. I only speak English. And I'm like, well, don't you understand you know, give whatever given language. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, I can be with my family and understand them, but I always speak in English. Like, well, that's still a bilingual <laughs> yeah. because you're not a, a a monolingual English person who can't even understand the word hello, yeah. right? Like they don't give themselves enough credit. And I think it's, yeah. I just don't even know of any resource that addresses that, I don't want to say issue, but it's like this societal thing that we have, this, this weird yeah. complex of what a bilingual is and how so many people are receptive bilinguals. And they, I don't know, they're just kind of like shrug it off or like don't give themselves any credit, think they haven't done enough, you know, think of, you know, lots of heritage speakers, they think they've failed, there's so much shame. Um, yeah. There's like, there's so many like issues because it's so personal and it's like fitting into your culture. I think you mentioned how the girl doesn't feel like she, she can fit in with her father's family or she feels kind of like left out or not understanding and there's just, it's a complex issue for sure. So it's, I don't know of any other resource though that tries to mitigate what's happening with like, you know, when it, when it doesn't all go perfectly well, when you're raising bilingual yeah. kids, because guess what? Most of the time it's not like, there's going to be ebbs and flows and your kids are going to speak better at some point and then they're going to lose interest and they're going to be more interested in friends or something. Right. So it's, it's never this like perfect path of like just moving up and up and up and better and better and better every day like I can't think of any person's bilingual journey that <laughs> went so perfectly so I think it's really important that we just show that that's normal right because there's yeah. this false idea especially monolingual people looking at bilinguals that oh you grew up bilingual you must know everything and have perfect grammar and <laughs> yeah and oh. then you feel ashamed because you think 
No, I don't know everything in that language. I can't you don't say this meet the that. standard, so then you think you yeah. look bad at yourself because oh, I don't meet this this ridiculous standard that we have placed. And yeah, no, it's crazy. And like you say, it's really up and down, and we shouldn't focus on one of a picture of a a, a person at a given time. Right. Like for example, my brother, I think is a great example of this. <laughs> Because when we were little, so in primary school, mm -hmm. uh, we were both going to a Japanese Saturday school. Mm -hmm. And then in secondary school, we went to an international school where we had lessons in, in Japanese as well. Cool. And but by, I think when he was 14, 13, 14, he started being really tired of it. And he didn't see the point of learning Japanese when he was going to be living in France. Uh, so he ended up, uh, changing school oh, wow. and he went to a school a like normal French school with just French people speaking French all the time mm -hmm. uh, and so he if we took him at that time he would be like okay he's not he failed yeah, he, oh he didn't yeah, want he, it yeah just write him yeah, off he gave up on on his uh bilingual potential etc yep, yep. but then later on at university he he was a lot into Buddhism and mm. and this brought him back, this mentality yeah. brought him back into the Japanese culture. And then he started to be more interested in uh, reading, like mm -hmm. knowing to read and write. And now he's doing a PhD in French and Japanese. So okay. it's quite high level. I, I would say, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and he, so he speaks a lot better than me, even if I carried on like that. Without, yeah. Uh, and you had two different paths. And even so, like, and even at two different levels, but you're still both bilingual. And like, we shouldn't be even measuring that to be like, well, this is better. This is what, you know, like, why do we have to yeah. categorize? Yeah, but, everyone is different. And, and it, have everyone own... needs different things, right? But um, like you were saying, just having the knowledge to read and write, it's the, it's the power, it's the independence, it's the, you can do what you want with it, you know? And I think as uh, parents raising bilingual kids we just want to give our kids the best opportunity right for anything right? parents in general like we just want to set them up well so that they can go and fly and do what they want to do so it's like giving them the knowledge of reading and writing it just gives them more opportunity right so yeah. and you just you don't know we don't know at this point what they will do but at least they can choose they can choose to yeah. read it and write and especially in your you know in your household and other households that have a different script it's like it's just an added challenge which could make your child pull back and say but i can't even read or i don't even know the letters and so it's it's definitely it's important for all of us though so so great all right any last things that we didn't touch on i think i didn't completely answer your question about how long it took and the oh, process probably not because i interrupted you so go ahead you can finish and i'll move I'll it. back on that so it i started in august 2021 i rewrote several times the script and then so that was by i think december january so december 2021 january 2022 uh, i think that's when i was about finished and then i decided to uh to oh yeah i needed to hire an illustrator and i thought it's really difficult to explain my vision to someone mm -hmm. so i thought okay it's better if i i draw a script uh, another script. I, I sketched out uh, all the everything, okay. so it took me three months or something because I can't draw. So it took a lot of time. Wow. 
and yeah that's difficult that's a very challenging just to get you have an you have a very specific idea in your head and you want it to look a certain way i can't even imagine trying to it's like explaining to somebody it's just easier to do it yourself but again it's yeah if it's not your talent if i did myself it wouldn't be something that people would want to buy (laughs) (laughs) yeah no i get it so yeah and then i hired an illustrator and yes so overall we had a year and a a bit more because we're in september 2022 Mm -hmm. Uh, and then the kickstarter is going to start on the 17th of uh, october awesome uh so if you want the booklet that that explains how to turn the bilingual abilities into uh, a superpower mm-hmm. you need to make sure you pledge on the 17th or 18th of okay. October. so we will have this out before then so people can can pledge if okay. not i promise to Thank put you. it on instagram so that people can know about it i'll put it on instagram either way but okay awesome. thank you yeah of course um yeah and then so then is so once I get all the funds, uh, my illustrator is going to carry on. So she illustrated the first third of the book, because uh-huh. um, I couldn't afford more. <laughs> yeah, but I was gonna say there's so many layers to like there's it's just I can't imagine like the the organization of all these steps because this has to happen in order for this to happen in order for this like everything's interconnected and of course money is involved in things like this because it takes time and it takes resources and yeah it's a lot more than people realize people see a book on the shelf and think yeah great okay um yeah because one thing that i'm really grateful about is so once i had sketched out everything um i i sketched it out as well because i wanted to get feedback from people before i get an illustrator to illustrate it and then change my mind because that would have costed more money very good Uh, point but some so i had some beta readers who went through it and mm-hmm. told me, okay, this point is not really clear. I don't understand why this is happening. Mm-hmm. So then I took the, the feedback in. Uh, I changed uh, a few places again. Uh, then I hired the illustrator. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, before that, <laughs> I hired an um, editor uh, to yep. improve the dialogues, etc. It really helped, goes a lot smooth, more smoothly. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you read everything so yeah. I'm really grateful for her um, I feel yeah. like you and need to present I, this at a school like I feel like young kids need to realize all of us do but I yeah. think you could you could have that audience where you're you're giving a presentation to young kids about you know they think when they're writing a paper like they're just going to write it the first time and it's going to be good and like no do you realize oh, like yeah. all the books you read have taken so many you know revisions yeah. and like even if you just had like different slides and you kept showing them like this is what the book first looked like and then we revised and we revised and we revised and like months and months later and yes we're not going to work months on a paper but like the mentality that it's not going to come out perfect the first time that first yeah. draft that's so important is, yeah it's going to change and it should change because your ideas are growing and you're you're going to read through and you need other people to help you read because you know, editing yourself, you don't, you read it the way you think <laughs> you're like, it sounds good. And then someone else tells you like, it's not clear to, to anyone else, but you. So yeah. I think it would be such a like strong message. And, and that's, I don't know. One of the rewards as well. I offer to its mm-hmm. school visits. Oh, awesome. You already thought of that. Okay. That's very cool. Um, In school yeah. or virtual? <laughs> now we're in this weird time. Like, would you actually Oops. go in? So it's cutting. 
Oh no, it's cutting. Okay, we'll say that again. Sherry, did they get good shots? Yeah, I can't hear you. No, I can't hear you. Okay. Can you hear me now? Yeah, I can. Yeah. Okay, I don't know what we were saying. So know. we we you said it's it's good that I I had thought about going to to go to schools etc. Yeah. Oh, I said, is it going to be an in person visit if it's like within oh, yeah. close enough distance or a virtual visit? So if it's in London or just around London, mm -hmm. uh, I'll be able to drive there. So it's going to be in person. If nice. it's in other country, it's going to be virtual. Great. Or even further away in in England, it's going to be virtual. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah. But where everyone's so used to virtual now, that's not an issue. So <laughs> wonderful. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for telling us about it. And I, I really had no idea what this second book was even going to look like. So I feel like you've opened my eyes to so many cool things that I just wasn't expecting, which is... Thank you. And I'm thank impressed. you for having me. I'm impressed the way that it all came about and like even just the ideas that you came up with, the speech bubbles and the, having them write it in and... I'm just like, wow, I, it's so cool. And I feel like, you know, I hope you make some more resources and things for, you know, you did the one for parents. Now you got the one for kids and just keep going because we need yeah. we need more resources. The, the aim of my company, so I called it the library for multilinguals because I the aim is to create a library for multilinguals. So exactly. to create <laughs> loads of books. Oh, sorry, just... Really yeah, cool. uh, yeah, so the, the reason I called my company the Library for Multilinguals is because the aim is to create uh, a library for multilinguals. So to have loads of books that multilingual children would be able to read mm -hmm. uh, and to help them develop proudly as multilingual people. Mm. That's the aim. So yeah. I, I have my first book for children. It's so awesome. I even think in this digital age, I don't know if this is possible, but it would be cool to have your book on some sort of platform where people could put in what the, the person's saying and we could see a bunch of different responses. And like, ah. like even if like if someone's writing the same language, they would see how multiple people interpreted what the person's saying in different languages. Like if a yeah. bunch of Spanish speakers Somebody says he said this and somebody else said, well, I thought he said this. Some sort of, I'm just picturing like a online platform, like a website and maybe toggle by language so that if it gets overwhelming, you know, it's not just all the languages that would be overwhelming, but like on those pages to kind of, kids could type it because kids that are, you know, nice, yeah. it's just an idea, but I don't know if it's possible. Um, but just, you know, books are great. Handwriting is super important. I think writing things by hand. But like maybe down the road, if there's some sort of a virtual um, and then yes. you know, by language, yes. people could click what did what somebody else say? And that's giving them more reading practice because some, you know, the kid could say their name and their age, like, you know, Mateo, nine years old from Cuba or whatever. He's living in the United States, um, said that the person said this or something. I don't because, know. Yeah, I, I thought about something like that, but not online. I think it would be really cool to get some pictures from people who oh, yeah. who are reading the book and have written the speech bubbles and then to post with different the same pic the same page like yeah different people each other so like people that would be nice because you get the difference. handwriting yeah yeah 
That would be nice too. That's both good ideas, but I just think with the digital age, you know. Yeah, that would be I, nice. It's an idea. I keep that in mind. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Sure. Well, thank you so much. It's really a pleasure. And uh, don't be a stranger to the podcast. If you have any more things that you're working on, let us know because we want to know. Okay. Right? Thank you very much. And we'll put all the links. Uh, we'll we'll get all those links in there so that you can see what Yoshito is up to. You can get his first book, get his second book. Uh, pledge on the Kickstarter so that we all get our second books, please. <laughs> um, myself included. And yeah, follow him on all the the different what social medias. What do you have in case I'm forgetting so something? I have so the main one is Instagram where I share a bit about our family as well. So the way so what we do with our children. So recently I was in Korea. Mm. So there were loads of things that uh, I talked about about what we were doing, how they were living the experience, etc. So it, it's not just about reading and writing, it's more about them growing up as multilingual children. Yes. Um, and then I have a YouTube channel that I, I slowed down. I need to pick up again. Um, but welcome this to channel the club. Is... <laughs> Me too, with the podcast. Yeah, it's difficult when we have different things on the side. A lot of hats, yeah. We're doing a lot of things. And so on this YouTube channel called Library of Multilinguals, uh, it's mainly about reading and writing, how to make it interesting for our children. Mm. Uh, so it's like if I took bits from my book and I, I've detailed it. So mm. like if I went with the, how do you say? Um, loop. Uh, loop. Magnifying glass. Ah, that's if what I, the, I'm like, I don't even know that word. <laughs> I, if I went with a magnifying glass on a detail in the book and I expanded it. Oh, nice. Um, and visual, make it visual and make it. Yeah. yeah. And I have a, a blog that goes with it so it's the same content but some people prefer reading some people prefer video so mm -hmm. each episode has the blog as well great um and then i have another uh youtube channel that i have with uh Annalisa miranda mm -hmm. and uh, uta lima mm -hmm. um and we it's called activities for multiple families mm -hmm. so here we take an activity we base each episode on an activity and how it can help multiple children to develop different skills. That's so, so there useful. is reading, writing, and speaking. Oh, so many things to post into this show notes. <laughs> so two YouTube channels, website, Instagram. I have a previous episode with you we'll post. I mean, we're gonna we're gonna load you guys up uh, and give you lots of content to listen to and read and 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 utilize and buy things and yeah, lots of good stuff. Thank Wonderful. you very much. It is my pleasure. Always a pleasure to chat with you, but especially for the podcast, because then I can share it with everybody who's listening. So thank you guys for listening and being with us. And yeah, we wish you the best with the Kickstarter. We'll be there supporting you. Thank you. We hope to get that book out. Yeah. Wonderful. All right. <laughs> thank well, thank you. you. Take care. Bye. Bye. All right. We'll just cut it. Um, I don't can I stop the recording? I don't even know. Okay. <laughs>